You're tuning in to Spectre Radio, but wait, don't touch that dial, because this is Spectre Radio presents the MCU. Revisiting our favorite movie moments, debating about scenes from the shows, and combing through the comics. We're just three millennials, binging our way through the MCU, through the eyes of the heroes, villains, and creatures alike. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. My name is Carol. My name is Alyssa, and we are... Radio. Tell the supreme intelligence that I'm coming to end it. The war, the lies, the spoilers, all of it. Thank you, Carol Danvers, for the spoiler warning. Again, this podcast contains adult content and spoiler warnings. universal language. I know a renegade soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. Space invasion. Big car chase. Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up till I met you today. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. I keep having these memories. I see flashes. I think I had a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. You call me young lady again, I'll shove my foot up somewhere it's not supposed to be. Am I supposed to guess what that is? My podcast! hey Just kidding. Um, I'm glad you finished it that way. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome to Spectre Radio presents Marvel, the MCU. And tonight's episode, we are diving deep into... Captain Marvel, one of my favorite Marvel movies. I'm I'm not sure why. I don't know. Yeah, Do you let's, guys have any let's dive clue? into that later. <laughs> <laughs> as um, we have a whole segment for that. Yes, I'm sure we will have a whole soapbox moment as we typically do in our episodes. Um, but let's get this show on the road with the movie recap, Andrew. Captain Marvel. A galaxy away, the powerful Kree Empire is at war with a terrorist group known as the Skrulls, a shape-shifting alien race who infiltrate and subvert whole populations. A young woman named Veers, whose past is a mystery to her, serves the Kree Empire well, but struggles to control her powers as her team fight the Skrulls. But when their mission turns into an ambush and she is captured, things aren't all as they seem. The Skrulls dig through her memories looking for a device, and as they do so, she starts seeing some of her previously unknown past. A past on Earth, a whole galaxy away. After she escapes and crashes on Earth with the Skrulls, she meets Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Together, her and Fury track down the Skrulls and their objective until they discover a terrible truth. The Kree lied to her. The war she thought she was fighting was a lie. The Skrulls just want a safe place to live. The Kree even lied about her powers. 
the powers she got from the Tesseract, an Infinity Stone. Now, free of Kree control, her powers increased a thousandfold. Her new mission is to lead the Skrulls to a new home, and after that, save people across the universe. Very nice. Every time you now read these, I can't help but think um, in our last podcast um, about the Nazis hmm. when Alyssa blurted <laughs> Look out. Look out, Nazis. Look out, Nazis. I can't think about hey, that listen, every time. I, I thought it was decent writing, so I went with I it. I no. had to mute myself. I was laughing so hard when you said it. Like, it was just this nonchalant <laughs> thing. Like, look. I thought it was very 1940s. Like, it was. It was um, on like, point. Trying to like, was- pump America up kind of thing, so... So should we be dropping like '90s vernacular throughout the podcast tonight? <laughs> I mean, As I'm if. okay with it. No. Oh I'm okay with it. I love the '90s vibe. <laughs> oh boy! Now moving on to our first topic: behind the shield. My, I have a, a plethora of Ooh. behind the scenes for this, as I'm sure Alyssa does also. So we can ping back and forth again, like we did last. Time. I like that. So. Jude Law consulted Robert Downey Jr. about being in a Marvel movie. Mm, I did read that. That was pretty cool. That's huge. Mm -hmm. They were co-stars in the Sherlock Holmes movie. mm -hmm. So they were pals by that point. But I was trying to figure out where I knew him from because when I was re-watching, I was like, oh, that's Jude Law. And then I was like, how do I know that that's Jude Law? I've never seen those movies. Um, he's a Tony Award nominee. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> and he's British. <laughs> Wasn't he also in um, the the spinoff Harry Potter movies with... Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Fantastic Beasts, he was. Yes, yes, he was like a young Dumbledore. Yep, that is correct. Um, I only have the one um, behind the shield uh, since I knew you guys would have a bunch and you guys would probably have all the ones that I have. Um, one of the characters who was first in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, was in this movie. He was on uh, their little Kree strike team that she was on. Oh. Um, the, his name is Korath, played, and I'm going to butcher this name because I'm going to be honest, I have no idea how to pronounce it. Uh, Jimon Hounsau, someone's like yelling at me for how it's supposed to be pronounced. Okay. He was the darker skinned guy on their team. And in Guardians of the Galaxy, when he's like, I'm Star-Lord, he goes, who? He's like, oh, come on, man, I'm, I'm Star-Lord. <laughs> so he was the guy with no sense of humor in, in this one. Got it. And got they it. were, yeah, so. Okay, nice. I like that. Yeah, I thought that good was cool. Good. Uh, it like was good, like, connections. it was good world building because right. Ronan the Accuser is in this movie, and later he works for Ronan the Accuser, mm. the main villain from Guardians, so. Very cool. All right. Well, um, something that we should probably acknowledge that this was the first Marvel film released after Stan Lee passed away. Mm-hmm. And we did get the tribute to him at the beginning. So um, good. Did you guys notice so that? Yeah, good. I did. You know, they normally have that like super cut of like the pages flying through the comics and different shots of the characters from that just universe or maybe that particular film, depending on you know what we're getting. And instead, it was just like a super cut of all of the cameos of Stan Lee. Um, so I really liked that. Mm-hmm. And he did have a cameo in this movie. Do you guys know like the 90s connection and like how they they pulled this off? I just read this, but it's gone from my head. Yeah. So he appears as himself on public transport 
in Kevin Smith's film Mallrats, which actually came out in 1995. So it was like the perfect thing to plug in to this movie since it was set in the 90s. Um, and Kevin Smith is obviously like a whole other genre of like nerdy films that a lot of people can appreciate. But um, yeah, I just thought that was really cool that they were able to make that connection with the 90s. That, yeah, that really was cool. That was very cool. Um, so we know we, we love how much actors improvise. We also know how much we love when Samuel Jackson improvises. <laughs> yes. So he improvises in this movie when Nick Fury and Adrian Coulson are bringing in the corpse of the scroll that attacked him. The, coron- the coroner has no idea what species or is or how their anatomy works. When the coroner's back is turned, Nick Fury takes a peek under the sheet of the scrolls, you know what? And Sam, <laughs> Sam Jackson improvised this moment and the filmmakers liked it so much they left it in. Literally. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I, like, and I wrote down, you know what, too, in my notes. So I think that's really funny. Well, in I, all I didn't fairness, write, I didn't write that when in my you notes, say you don't know how word. the anatomy oh, works. I wrote, you know what? <laughs> check it. <laughs> Yeah, that was a great moment. Scientific curiosity. I'm trying to pull up his name, but did you guys notice who the coroner was? No. (laughs) It's that same actor from New Girl (laughs) who's like following us across these movies. Um, I can't remember his name and it's going to bother me. He was the one with like the glasses. Um, Nelson Franklin. Nelson Franklin. I found it. I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. He was. if I showed you a picture, you'd know who I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. he played Robbie on New Girl. So I was like, oh, my God. I got excited. We love the Hollywood connection. So that being said, we had a couple different carols um, throughout her life that we got in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like, middle of the three that we get, because we got, like, a six-year-old, we got a 13-year-old, and then we got present-day Carol. Um, the 13 year old is portrayed by McKenna Grace. She was in a bunch of Disney channel TV shows. Um, she was on Netflix on the show Fuller house. She was the star of that new comedy that came out recently called troop zero and her name in the movie was like Christmas or something. And it was really funny. Um, she's been in once upon a time, Andrew, don't know if you remember her from that. Um, I don't remember her from that, but I did yeah. like that show. So she's had quite the the history in, in films already and TV. So I, I I loved her performance. I thought she was great. Yeah. So another one of mine. So remember in, in more towards the beginning of the movie when she falls through the, the blockbuster roof? Yes. And she shoots the cutout. Yes. Um, did you know that was originally supposed to be Jim Carrey's The Mask? <laughs> That, 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 funny. that he was supposed to shoot. I did um, read that. Because Carol was supposed to mistake Jim Carrey's rubbery green face for a scroll. But, that would make sense. Uh, that would but make unfortunately, totally the, the filmmakers couldn't get the rights for, for the mask. So they went ahead with the other one that they used, which I don't have on my notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was some other movie. True True Lies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think. I think and, so, um, yeah. And uh, I can't remember her name. She, she was <laughs> the mom from Freaky Friday. Yes, for um, so long ago. Yeah, I. Jamie I Lee it was, Curtis. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was it was a very period thing to drop her literally in a in a blockbuster. 
Exactly. I thought that was great. There were a couple um, cuts, you know, that they really nailed really well with the 90s culture. Um, one of Pinball the comic. Machines. Yeah. One of the comic <laughs> things that they um, built in as an Easter egg. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Wyatt, when um, young Monica Rambeau is helping Carol come up with like the new colors yes, on her suit every, as Captain Marvel. Everyone every, was a. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I don't want to. <laughs> no, it's your okay. No, you're totally good. Somebody We're say ping-ponging. it. <laughs> um, every color that she considers is an Easter egg from the comics. And uh, my favorite was the neon one. I thought that was dope. But the white and green are the classic Cree colors in the comics. The red and yellow mm-hmm. are the colors worn by DC's Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. who was forced to be renamed Shazam. Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um, the golden suit is a reference to Miss Marvel from the comics. So you know, so on and so forth. They, they got to just pay a nod to like all the different comics. I thought that was great. Very cool. cool. My, my last one, um, Keanu Reeves was offered the role of Jan Rose. (laughs) Yes. I saw that. That would have been interesting. So critics say, so not necessarily, um, everybody else, but critics say that if he played that, it would be a waste of its waste of his talent. Yes, I saw. And I was like, I kind of agree. Cause like, he'd be a one and done. Character. Because this was, this, so this came out in 2019. So at this point he was filming John Wick. So that was his focus, yeah, which, which he I was. Still need to see. I haven't seen. <laughs> it's, it's emotional. It really, especially if I you saw love dogs. Yes, emotional. I do love dogs. And I've heard, I've heard. I saw the first one. No, it's, it's, it's good. Oh my goodness. All right. I have one more. Um, that's actually a perfect one to end on. So the post credit scene. So spoiler warning again, if you haven't seen it, the mid credit scene of Captain Marvel is teasing Avengers Endgame. Yeah. As uh-huh. Earth's mightiest heroes examine Nick Fury's flashing pager in the post snap world, right? Or the post blip, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Uh, as Carol Danvers appears an ass with longer hair, where's Fury? Marvel was so worried about Endgame spoilers getting out that Brie Larson was given no context for the scene. The only thing oh. she was told is, this is your line. And they didn't fill her in on anything else. And that was kind, it. Kind of like Vader in um, Yeah, in exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's cool. I didn't. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, because at the time they were having a cornucopia of problems keeping cornucopia between two actors alone. Hmm. Oh boy! I think part of the reason is Mark Ruffalo just can't quite hack the fact. Oh that my he's god, he's so too. bad. Yes, he's so bad. He has, <laughs> but in like all honesty, notorious in exactly. interviews and at comic cons, doesn't he just all the time just say things and he's like, "Oops, wasn't supposed to share that." Well, I he. I think he doesn't realize he's famous too. And oh, so when I, he yeah, hears no, a spoiler, so. he's like us as fans, like trying to talk to other fans about it. And we're getting all nerdy. And like, like you've seen that, that meme of him, is that Paul Rudd? Like as he's walking yeah, behind yeah. Paul Rudd, getting his picture <laughs> taken. And the, the comments are like, someone tell this man that he's famous too. Oh so Paul God. Rudd did that when Mark Ruffalo was in an interview. He's like, is that Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> to make oh him feel gosh. better. That's exactly how I would be. I would, I could be a billionaire and like forget that I was famous. I'd be like, I'm famous. Oh my gosh. So. I totally agree with you. I think that would totally be the, be the case for you. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, let's move on to our next category of what if. 
So I had a more playful what if for this movie. Okay. Um, and I'm kind of glad that you are mentioned our good dear friend Samuel L. Jackson that combines our our Venn diagram of, of the universe of <laughs> Star Wars and Marvel. Uh-huh. Um, so if this movie, what, let's sorry, let me let me back up. What if this movie was rated R and you got one MF oh my God. drop? Where would you put it? So obviously they like poked fun at it and they said Mother Florkin since funny. the cat scratched him remember mm-hmm. and he said mother florkin when he got scratched in the face so oh gosh take a moment reflect think, think if if you got one m effort a drop where would you put it in remember, his dialogue <laughs> okay remember towards the end of the movie when they're escaping um off the ship and he's he's holding up goose the cat trying to make him like attack I could be like, listen here, mother efforts. You know? <laughs> I would, I would want it there. That's a good one. I like that. I would have had a scene where he had one of the alien guns and he was trying to shoot the uh, the Cree shoulders, and uh, he says "Yippee Kaye, mother." <laughs> <laughs> As like twenty of them are charging him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I had two um, that I well, I had a whole list because I was like, let me just have some for the sin of the. <laughs> Um, so I have the moment where Agent Coulson at the end of the film says, so is it true that the Kree burned your eye out because you refused to give them the Tesseract? And Nick says, I will neither confirm nor deny the facts of that story, MFR. <laughs> <laughs> or um, two other ones, actually, I lied, that I liked. <laughs> I had three. You sat there and watched me play with mother bleeping tape when all you had to do was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, if coast, if toast is cut diagonally, I can't mother effing eat it. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer toast cut diagonally. So I know, right? Like the, Uh, I just thought that was such a random thing and that was really funny. And, uh, it's, it just reminds me of like all the things you see on the internet about like unpopular opinions. Have you guys ever formed mm -hmm. an unpopular opinion about something that you'd be willing to share for fun? Don't. Didn't I do this when I buried myself in the character studies? Star Wars? Yeah, so maybe yes. do a, yeah, a slightly we'll lighter Wyatt. toned one. Um, <laughs> I have one that's really horrible, and I hate that I hate that I'm like this. I have a very unpopular opinion that I think fully grown golden doodles or doodles are the ugliest dogs I've ever seen on Get the out. planet. They're Get so ugly. Out. I hate them. I'm sorry. My coworker like has one. A, a lot of my friends have them because they're like, oh, they're hypoallergenic. As a puppy, they're cute. A mini golden doodle, mini doodles are cute. When they get to be like six feet tall, I think they're so ugly. Their eyelashes freak me out. I just can't. That's my unpopular opinion. I'm about to boot you from this call. <laughs> you have uh, a shih tzu. You don't have a doodle. So why do you care? Yeah. Well, he's got the bougiest little dog known to man. Um... So my unpopular opinion, which I get very mixed feelings from people about this. So at least I get some go. positives. Um, I don't usually eat cereal for breakfast if, if oh, I no. do. Cool. Don't say it. But no. sometimes late at night, I'll have it as a snack. Yes. Yes. And yes. I will pour the milk in a cup and no! have it separate. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. No. I knew that second part was coming. I agree. Well, cereal it also, can it be also a meal. De- it can be a snack. It also depends on the cereal. So, like, if it is a snack and it's a certain kind of cereal, then I'll just pour it in the bowl. But some some of it, it just depends. I'll, like, scoop it with my hand and just uh-huh. eat it. 
I will only do that with what? cinnamon toast crunch. What? You no, drink milk it, and eat I'll, cereal instead of doing it together? That's what you said? Uh, for snacks at like midnight, not usually and not for every cereal. I thought you said you were pouring the milk before you put the cereal in oh, and that God. I was going to no, call a, you a sociopath. <laughs> what do you guys think? I'm a monster? Not that I just alienated probably a third of our fan base. Um, <laughs> this was a fun game. Wyatt, do you yeah. want to share? I, I need to hold back because... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and it's my turn to overreact to something. You both, yeah, you both, you you gave him crap, and you both gave me crap. So let's go. Is it sad that I don't have one on the top off the top of my head? No, Lies. I guess you're a normal. You person. know what it is? It's probably something he has no idea is an unpopular opinion because ah, that's usually yeah. how it goes. Because usually he'll say something. What you guys don't agree? I don't yeah, understand. <laughs> let me let me dwell on that, and I will I will return onto that. Oh, my my what if. I actually went into the story. I'm like Alyssa. It was fun. Uh, you had fun. Wow. Shut up. We did. So I had a lot of fun. Why it's unpopular opinion is he does not like to have fun. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Listen. So okay. Uh, so I know why this didn't happen, but let's take logic out of this question. Okay. So what if she removed her Cree tracker a lot earlier than she did? Mm. That was almost my what if. It was a tracker. Uh, tracker like. It was like an inhibitor collar kind of thing. Well, inhibitor yeah, thing, type. but oh, and so obviously, I see what you did there. So well, obviously, in the yeah. movie, she couldn't take it out until she became how more powerful to where she could just pluck it out. I don't know that that was why. I think I really? think it was like a mind thing, right? Because her mm. whole shtick in like the comics and the movie is like she was told your emotions are what make you weak and you can't control your emotions. And then in the comics, she actually had a split personality because. I, I think in in a way, this is just my opinion that the film was kind of going off of that thought of having split personality and doing it in that emotion type way to kind of like acknowledge it. So it's not the exact same plot line. I acknowledge that for sure. But um, I think it was not until she really harnessed the power of her emotions and like you know, they were always saying, you you can't control your emotions. You can't your tr- control your emotions. That's why you're weak and that's why you fail. Sound and, like Vulcans. Um, right. And like, right. Oh, my God. From the and newer she, Star Trek movies. She sure. is um, embracing her emotions. She's not fighting them. She's holding mm-hmm. back and fighting her emotions the whole film. And it's mm-hmm. not until she, like, comes to that moment of acceptance that right. she then knows I'm in control. It's like Inception. It's like. If you're acknowledging that you're in the dream, then you can control the dream kind of yeah, thing. Right. I feel like that's more of what it was. Uh, I think if she would have taken it out earlier, I one, I think it kind of like it's, it's their way of like controlling her a little bit and like mm-hmm. making her powers seem less. That way she doesn't know that she was, you know, dosed with his Tesseract. Um, I think it would have taken her some time to realize, oh, I in fact do have these extraordinarily powerful powers, but I don't think until she came to certain acceptance of herself and certain realization as to what her past was like. Yeah. I don't know that she would have been able to control it just because she didn't know who she was yet. Mm -hmm. So like control comes, um, I I forget the quote is, um, uh, know thy enemy and know thyself and you need not fear the result of the hundred battles. It's a Sun Tzu. So like one, she didn't even know who her true enemies were. And two, she didn't really know who she was. So when she found that out, it's all downhill from there. Well, in a good way. Down. Yes. Down, good right, way downhill. right. 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 Yeah. It's coasting you know, from that, there. That, I, I totally agree with, with both of you. You know, she, 
she was being told by the by the Kree, you know, who she is and who, who she's supposed to be. She's supposed to keep these feelings inside of her instead of acting on them. And push mm-hmm. them down. It's it's not just keep them inside. It's push it down. Right. It's ignore Which it. Which is yeah. total opposite to what Palpatine tells Anakin, but that's a whole different. It's total opposite <laughs> to what you're supposed to do mental health-wise, and it's the exact yeah. thing that generally men do. <laughs> Yes. What? what? We got to talk and about our emotions. It's interesting that a man that was down. telling her that, don't you think? I feel like that happens the to Supreme me all the time, though. Yeah. Where, like, um, not with you guys, luckily, but mm. I feel like a lot of the times other men in my life will say, like, just stop feeling that way. And it's like, wow, great <laughs> advice. It's great a light advice. switch. I Holy forgot. Moly. I feel so oh, much better. Done. Yeah. Amazing. I, yeah. I just pulled off the inhibitor chip and chucked my feelings out the window. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's funny that um, they're pretty much saying that in so many words to her just stop feeling this way. Like stop being angry, the lack of intelligence, control in that your emotions. Astounding. Right. And sometimes the best thing you can do is isolate yourself, explode, cry, yell and punch a pillow, do whatever you need to do. And like, get those feelings out, feel your feelings, your feelings are valid mm. and then control the situation. <laughs> Just when I thought men couldn't get any dumber from time to time. Hello again. Yes. Please mansplain <laughs> my feelings to me <sighs> and see how that goes. <laughs> so my, what if I had a joking, what if, um, what, yes. if the, what if the old lady she punched wasn't a scroll? Ah! <laughs> she punched that old lady oh, hard. Roundhouse her. And then like people are like, you know, obviously tackling her off of her. But then like when they see that this lady's like a ninja in far beyond her prime, more like, you know, in her twilight years. And they're um, not questioning how weird that is, but I guess I mean it's the nineties, man. Things there were weird things that happened in the 90s. Things were um, that was my funny what if. What if she was wrong? I love that. Um, and then my real what if um, was what if the scroll who replaced Colson actually killed him? Oh, that would have been, been okay. Terrible. So here's my problem. Sorry, I'm jumping in. Here's You're my fine. problem with that. We get at the end that Nick Fury sees the word Avengers, right? Mm. And that's how he comes up with the Avengers initiative. And he mm-hmm. sees it in the Marvel like paperwork, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Something like that, right? Um, it's on her fighter. Yes, yes. So uh, he sees like, that and that's like how he names sign. the initiative. My problem with that is they were the Avengers because they were avenging the death of Agent Coulson. I remember. So yeah. I'm like, why are we changing? I don't like that. Why are we changing it? You know because what I mean? Because I remembered. I was like, I know this only because I started watching S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. and like behind the scenes stuff on that. And then I was watching, like rewatching other stuff. I hate to say the revelation. reason. It's because this was the first female superhero movie for Marvel for the MCU. And it wasn't already a big enough deal that she was potentially the most powerful being in the universe, you know, more powerful than Thanos. Even she went toe to toe to him with the infinity stones, uh, which is awesome. It apparently wasn't enough. So they needed it to be, Oh, well she, she's the reason they're called the Avengers. It's like, really? I I feel like she's already enough. You don't have to, keep force it like i hate to say that like because i don't i don't generally think that about this movie right. i don't even i don't think but 
in that it kind of felt a little forced down our throats yeah. the whole you know feminist thing which i am very supportive yeah of no i don't feminism I didn't logic even, i didn't even but, take it that way i didn't even and think about i almost it, about didn't either light. but i was just like when you said yeah, that i was just like huh that's interesting to think of it from that perspective as they're trying to almost overdo it and it's like yeah we get it like we got a whole you know montage of things and well because for we so long it to. wasn't done at all and then it wasn't sure. done enough and now no, it's absolutely. to an extent it can this is an example of how it can be done too much a healthy yeah. balance is just that a healthy balance it's like please don't re-explain something that already has an explanation you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it, that'd be like in the star wars canon if you're giving us a new explanation for force abilities and not talking about midichlorian count like get out of here <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. like it doesn't make any sense um so yeah, that's interesting an interesting point that you you're making, but it's obviously, you know, it's the the Star Wars argument again of it didn't happen in order, right? right. So we're getting a movie out of order. Right. Um so obviously that that excuse, I don't know if they ever really like spell that out for us in the MCU. Do they ever say like we're calling it the Avengers initiative because Agent Coulson was murdered by Loki and um, this is the situation? They- <laughs> So Tony and Cap are talking and he's like, Cap's like, is this the first time you've lost a soldier? And he's like, we are not soldiers. And um, I forget exactly how it was said, but he said, if we can't save the earth, you can be damn sure we'll avenge it. So it was partially because of Coulson and, you know, Fury said they needed the push. That's why he dipped his, those Captain America cards in his blood. Right, right. Because he said, oh, they were in his jacket when they were in fact in his locker. Yes. A part of it was Coulson, but part of it was uh, if we lose, we're going to have to avenge the earth. So it was kind of a mix of things. So, so in that light, it's like, okay, there could be a few reasons and and we'll just take it. Yeah. That's interesting though, too, because um, I remember, I don't know if this was like the behind the scenes Marvel thing I was watching, but it was some kind of interview or something with Clark Gregg who plays agent Coulson. Mm -hmm. And he was explaining that his agent came to him and was like, good news. You booked the part. You're going to be agent Coulson. And he was like, amazing. And he's like, bad news. You get one movie and you're murdered. And then he was like, good news you get a tv show <laughs> and like <laughs> now like things are going backwards so actually he got like yeah four movies really. right but at the time you know what i right. mean at the time his agent was like good news and bad news and right right right, right. it's been this yeah. up and down journey in in the MCU but then you get your him, own so. show but none right. of your previous friends know you're alive right, but, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly so it's just really funny and very interesting yeah that um it all like it all connects at all times. <laughs> I love his nonchalantness, his character, his, the, how the actor plays it. That's that's what makes him such a like a great character. He's nonchalantly funny about like everything. Yeah, he's and an it's everyday just wonderful, guy. Literally. Yeah. So we're gonna move on to uh, one of our final categories, not our final category, but one of them, um, the best and worst. Um, so for me, um, the the best probably was the humor in the movie um, mm. uh, with the um, I don't know if we would technically call it a subplot. I'll call it a subplot over the fact that she doesn't remember who she is. I thought that was an excellent way to do the movie. Yeah. It was and then cool. 15 minutes in is when they're digging through her, her mind. And he's like, is anyone else confused here? I was like, why? Yes, sir. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I was watching this movie and uh-huh. Uh, and just you know to have director Krennic voicing that by the way oh my from, god. from Rogue oh my One. god he was I didn't he was Talos the scroll just... the main scroll you stand here mounts my accomplishments ah! my accomplishments not yours 
but yeah, so um, the action was pretty good. Um, and the fact that she was like a super badass was pretty cool too. The old lady action? <clears throat> it, all of the action, <laughs> but yes. Um, uh, and everything with Nick Fury is always great, but especially like mm. him younger. Yeah. Like, have you seen, have you seen anyone prime. else? Literally, um, which it's kind of like um, the Irishman. All the actors were older, but yes! they made them seem younger. But then they're like trying to slide over cars as oh old men. And it's not like working to make them look young. His fight scene a little bit looked that way. I was like, oh, I was like, well, they tried and it was uh, it was good. But they gave him hair. So it's true. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I like that. I like the 90s aspect of the movie. But have you ever seen anyone talk to Nick Fury the way she did? Ever? No. Not no. even his bosses. No. He doesn't let his no. bosses talk to him like that. And she's just like, well, you clearly can't be trusted with this. He's like, my bad. Uh, I mean, he kind of he kind of talks like that with like Spider-Man a little bit in uh, Far From Home when it's revealed that, uh, that Mysterio is actually a bad guy. And he's just like, uh, you know, I called this all along. And Spider-Man's like, no, you didn't. He's like, all right, you're right. I, I didn't call it all along. Oh, my gosh. But he doesn't let people call him out on his BS. One, he doesn't usually have a lot of BS. But, like, it was kind of showing how he wasn't at his peak intelligence. Yeah, he didn't his have his confidence. seniority either. Yes. Yeah, right. He was like he a was... deputy director or something. Right, yeah. right. So yeah, that's I, really interesting. I thought it was cool that he took that, like, partner-like relationship with her. Yeah, instead of and I would say maybe part of that was because she was an alien in a way. Right. Like, I don't know yeah, how else she, to say it. Like didn't. she wasn't, Yeah, she didn't remember her time on earth and like yeah. in her mind, this is a different reality yeah. and she's on whatever number C53. planet C 53, she said. Right. So um, maybe that's like part of it too, is like, she doesn't, that he's no authority to her. She, right. She's like shield business. Okay. I don't care. Like, what is that? Yeah. Sorry. So. We don't carry our little IDs on, on little badges. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, and that was, that was, you know, a lot of my best. Um, I liked a lot about this movie. Um, I, the worst, it was kind of hard to do. Cause like, this wasn't my favorite movie by any means, but I, I did like it um, a lot. I, um, except for like the thing about her memories, I didn't get a ton of emotion from this movie. Um, and I mean, most Marvel movies, there isn't a ton of emotion, but like I've gotten more from certain ones. Mm -hmm. So, um, sure. I mean, yeah, that's uh, honestly, I'm kind of like scraping the bottom of a barrel for a complaint because I, I did like this movie. Yeah. Um, this is a very well-reviewed movie as well. It's very, if you go on the internet, I mean, I'm sure there's trolls, but from a, you know, critic perspective, it's, it's very minimal, the complaints about it. It's a, it's a very highly rated film. When it first came out, there were more complaints about it, but then I think as people watched it a little more, they, um, cause the complaints I had initially read were more political. Um, so obviously, like you said, there were more, there's, there's always trolls about the whole feminism right. thing, right, but of course. there were other political things that kind of had nothing to do with feminism. But I think upon rewatch, they realized, Oh, that's not what they were trying to say. Um, I'm not going to go into what those things are, but sure. They, because like the first time I saw the movie and I read that, I was like, huh. I was like, well, maybe well, let me watch it again and see if I feel that way. And I was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't personally feel that way. So maybe, and I, I guess, because I've seen less complaints about it over the years. So I'm guessing yeah. people have come to peace with it. It's interesting so. because it makes me think of um, this quote from Stan Lee that I just saw the other day. And it's very relevant to like any kind of story. And he said, just want you to know 
Marvel has always been and will be a reflection of the world outside your window. Mm. That world may change and evolve, but the one thing that will never change is the way we tell our stories of heroism. Right. And it's like mm. Black Panther, all the things, feminism, we're going to reflect the world that exists, not right. the world that you want to see in black and white on a comic book page, girl. Yeah. You want to get the whole picture. So I guess I'm taking out my soapbox because as the girl in the room. Oh, boy. Um, I'm just kidding. In the, in the Zoom room. But my best was the I'm only human scene. Um, so it was like when she was talking to the intelligence, a.k.a. Marvell, and um, they were saying to her, like, you, you need to control your powers, blah, blah, blah. And she was saying, I'm only human. Like, I'm going to fall down, um, even though I have powers. And I just really like that montage because it very nicely pieced together the scenes that we got earlier when they were digging through her memories as a young child of her racing a go-kart and crashing because she was trying to be as fast as a boy. I don't know if that was her brother or who it was or whatever, but she was trying to- You need to slow down. Right, you need to slow down. And she was like, girl, you better watch me. I'm gonna hit the gas. You know what I'm saying? So. (laughs) yeah well i mean she was she was i guess 13 at that point and didn't know how to drive didn't have driving lessons i'm sure normal which is normal for any gender at that age um yeah but i just thought that was really moving and it definitely got me i know it got me the first two times i watched this but this time around just like going through um things on a personal level as a woman um, this week, even like just dealing with internal struggles of like being a homeowner and trying to like drill holes in the wall and things that <laughs> I was never taught to do as a little girl, even in Girl Scouts, um, you know, um, just struggling with things like that and having somebody say, slow down. You know what I mean? I, I've so many times I've had somebody try to explain a concept to me. That's really easy. Like, um, people were posting memes online about, you know, what's going on with the pandemic and saying, oh, if you, if you end up getting vaccinated, you'll get a GPS tracker. And it was a whole joke, right? 5G. Yeah, exactly. And so I oh, posted- can you some- get that and put it on my 5G phone that doesn't actually have any reception? Because <laughs> that right? would be great. I have zero reception in my house. Exactly. So I was like reposting a meme about that. And I thought it was so funny. And, um, and I um, commented in my repost and said like, this is a funny complaint coming from people who live in a country that were literally assigned a number at birth. Like we all have a social security number. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's just funny. And some man who I've never met commented on it and said to me, yeah, but you know that um, there's no GPS tracker on your social security card. And I was yes, like, we understand. I've always known that. When did you learn it? Cause it sounds like you just learned it recently and wanted me to know. Cause you didn't <laughs> think I knew. There's also a GPS oh, tracker on your my, phone that you right, carry with you every right. day. So, he got really. so mad. It's very interesting. Like, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you guys. Cause I know sometimes it's, it's just incidental and you don't mean for it to be this way. And I try to come at it with that lens, but it's very interesting when you straight up say like, thank you for mansplaining that men get so offended and they're like, oh, typical woman have to tell me I'm mansplaining something. And it's like, bro, 
I'm making a joke about this. Like it's very clearly sarcasm. Maybe that went over your head. Why do you think I don't know that my social security card that's falling apart that I've had for almost 30 years that sits in my wallet <laughs> that probably shouldn't be there. No, probably doesn't not. have a GPS tracker. What a concept. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes it's something like that where you're like the audacity. Um, and sometimes it's just something silly where you're like, no, I completely know that the gas tank indicator is on my console of my vehicle. Like I, I knew that, you know, it'll tell you the arrow tells you what side your gas tank is on. Right. It's things like that. So mm-hmm. anyway, I digress. I think that scene is really great because it, it ties in the memories, but it also um, just really shows that regardless of your gender, but especially as women, we can very easily get knocked down. Um, when somebody says something stupid, like it can ruin your entire day. You'll think about it. I mean, this, this happened months ago and I'm still thinking about it and bringing it up on my podcast. You know what I mean? So, um, I think I like that scene and it was really just the apex moment for this film because it showed no matter what the circumstance is, if it's falling off your bicycle, she got back up. If it's Mm -hmm. literally crashing a vehicle and probably needing to go to the emergency room all bloodied up, she got back up and it's Mm -hmm. literally fighting this super intelligence, you know, mythical sci-fi situation. She can still get back up. So, um, hopefully we can plug that clip in here for you now. So you can listen to it. So yeah, I think that's the best for me. It just gets me every time. But I also really liked that, um, Andrew, you kind of mentioned this earlier, that um, another layer to this story is not judging a book by its cover Mm -hmm. because we're very clearly presented with an enemy and a friend and an ally, right? We're like, okay, the good guys are the Kree, the bad guys are the scrolls, and they flip the script on us very quickly. And you think that's the only twist. And then all of a sudden it's, oh no, they're not in it for the Tesseract. They're in it to be reunited mm-hmm. with their um, loved ones, with their kind, with their family, with, you know, whatever you want to call it. So it was, it was a great way to flip the script because that's not at all how it was in the comics. In the comics, the scrolls mm-hmm. were bad guys. They were very, very bad guys. So, so some people had a problem with that, but yeah, I mean, it's like, it, it, it is what it is like. There's what two sides to every story, maybe more, right? So it's just very interesting because it's from my point of view, the republic is evil, right? I mean, and and Talos did say, "Listen, this is war. (laughs) My hands are filthy from it too." So you know, even even though like it was an unjust war, he still did his own fair share of killing it. Yeah. So I'm sorry, a man is going to correct me if I don't correct myself. It's from my point of view, the Jedi are evil, not the Republic, uh, right? So I, I wasn't going to say anything in advance for misquoting. You were 99 percent of the way. <laughs> I was not pretty much there. Um, my worst, really quick, and then I'll get off my soapbox. Um, actually, I'm off my soapbox. This has nothing to do with feminism, but for my worst. 
Um, this was something I actually found online when I was like, I wonder what other people are saying. Um, I loved that we got snippets of 90 col- 90s culture with Blockbuster with her wearing uh-huh. the flannel. And he's like, you can leave the flannel. I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> Um, and then like, obviously the music, the music was so good. Like, especially the last one, like there's a whole list obviously of like crazy on you. What a man come as you are waterfalls. And then the best one, <laughs> I'm just a girl when she's kicking ass and she's singing a Gwen Stefani song. We love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, here's my thought. Monica could be like eating Dunkaroos after dinner. Okay. Or like sitting in an inflatable chair, drinking a Yoohoo or a high C, you know what I mean? We had old tech and we had flannel, but just like a little sprinkle more, I think could have just punched it up and just been like in your face, immersed in the nineties, because we know all of that stuff still exists. Like the, the phone that's on the wall that you can see the inside of the phone. You guys remember Mm -hmm. those, you know what I mean? Yes. So, um, like crimped hairstyles, like anything, anything. (laughs) Okay. I'm just begging for more nineties culture. And now I'm done. Now you're done. Um, my best was actually the post-credit scene with Goose puking up a tesseract on yeah. Nick Fury's desk. I'm sure it'll turn up. <laughs> um, that's. I mean, Marvel is renowned for, you know, their mid 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 movie credit and then their post-credit scene. You know, every time Andrew and I have gone to a Marvel movie in the theater. And the credits start rolling, and some people start getting up and walking out. We're all looking at them like, "You idiot! Where are you going?" Yeah, literally, like even as late as like the last Spider-Man movie, people are still walking out. I'm like, "Like, there's there's a better way, don't you know?" Some people, or like, or like people yeah. like standing in like the hallway about to about to exit. Like, is there? Is there? Is there? Is yeah, there? and then it like starts, and then they stop. Right, that happens. <laughs> oh my gosh, God, I haven't my- been to a movie theater in so long. <laughs> mm, so. Fun fact. So Ethan Fowler, who's going to be a guest on with us uh, shortly during COVID, the movie theater closest to me, you can, you could actually rent out each individual screen and play your own movie and invite, yes. up, to, and invite up to 20 people. So we watched um, Shazam. Oh, nice. I've still never seen it. I, that was my first time seeing and it. I and I love it was, Zachary was, Levi. He's a Zachary huge Levi. Broadway star. He huge. Is. And Disney, obviously. He's um Flynn Rider, if you guys know. And I was Chuck. The show. Great show. No, that was that was the last time I saw a movie. But okay, so my worst. This is just my opinion. Oh boy. This I'm just open. Oh is this your this unpopular is, opinion? Let's go. I'm Alyssa's, ready to fight. I got my You want a tussle? You want to hustle, already. punk? I'm getting my 40s lingo back out. So, in my opinion, this is the worst movie in the MCU. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah, there's your unpopular opinion. The I'm, worst? I know. We just talked about how shitty Iron Man 3 is. And my opinion is Thor Ragnarok is the worst one. I said what I said. M- okay, I agree with you. Agreed. Past tense. Until I w- this. So, I just watched this movie for the first time this week. I had not seen it. What? I had no ambition on seeing it until we started doing this rewatch. Bruh. I should have popped popcorn for this. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's like, fight. <laughs> so, All right, boys, I, I want a clean fight. I want a good fight. Uh, and I no rabbit punching. <laughs> so, no, Alyssa. No blows below the belt. <laughs> I agree. Ragnar- Ragnarok is a horrible movie. I, have I liked to- it. Excuse I have, me. okay. 
you shut up because I have yet to watch it all the way through. I have literally fallen well, maybe asleep if we stop every falling asleep single asleep. time I've tried to watch it. It's just not a good movie. It's so bad. Okay, so I, I'm I gonna disagree, but that's fine. I'm gonna do a, a compa- I'm gonna do a compare and contrast. So oh boy, get out the just yellow fin- legal pad. Here we go. We we just finished Star Wars. Yes. What I like about actually correct. What I love about Star Wars is that even if you're a first time watcher, you understand what's going on the first time you watch a movie. Yes, there's a lot of behind the scenes and and yes, stories and less- families less content to catch up on but in this movie watch it for the first time watch it with laura we're half hour in we don't know what's going on where we are or where we're going yeah um i had to watch a 10 minute recap video before jumping on this call just to remind myself what actually happened in this movie because because i didn't get it now they might have been playing more hold on andrew they might have been playing more more fan service to those who read the comics who followed it all the way through DC to Marvel. I get it. But for a universe this large and expectations being so high. Now this movie was released in 2019. So the big female empowerment push, I understand. That's why this movie was released on international women's day as well in 2019 because of this. I just think they wasted that wasted an opportunity. <sighs> yes, okay. So as far as the story of Captain Marvel, yes, she is the the Thanos killer. I get yes. it. But we should have had more on her. If she's going to kill this the bad guy of bad guys, we should have just had one movie with her. So you're wanting a Captain Marvel 2, a Captain Marvel 3 and then you're wanting or more movies with her in it before she shows yes. up and kills Thanos. Yes, um, not just which, showing up at the very end. And I get that she gave him the pager and she's like, for emergencies only. I'm not sure what it takes for Nick Fury to qualify. Actually, I'm exactly sure what it takes for Nick Fury to qualify. It as, takes half as the human emergency. race being annihilated it for him to. Takes, yeah, not, not <laughs> the earth being destroyed and his Avengers team may or may not end up showing up because they hate each other because the, the Mind Stone was screwing with their minds. Um, not when Ultron's Fair. about to drop a half a city God. on the planet. <laughs> Those those don't those don't count. Not um, not not severe enough. Sorry, uh, those so, are level uh, two threats. And we I, need and like a level four, or level five. I get five. that you just. I get they had to have a reason that she never showed up. Yeah. Um, I don't completely agree with Wyatt. I I especially don't agree with the fact that he was confused through the entire movie. But I okay, first time watch though. I wasn't confused my first time watch though. But you've grown up no. with. I didn't know who she was like more than a year before this movie came out. But your uncle didn't like brief you on a little bit of like her, her backstory or anything like that. Not really. I, okay. I completely forgot there was a Captain Marvel in the Marvel universe. Okay, so well, I was I was confused. Now so. I saw now I saw Guardians of the Galaxy more times than you did. Yeah, there it is. Building. It is. Was this is the problem. The world this building the was in there. The world building, yes. Like, like Ronan the Accuser was the main bad guy in that movie, yes, and that was he so was good. in this movie. He was, so you know, in charge good. of those bombers who were going to bomb Earth. Um, oh, right, 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 right. So, and then you know, yeah, there was a lot of. And if you notice, whenever the Guardians go into space and they have that that suit that like meshes over them, it's the same technology. Yep. 
So it's like kind of governmental or whatever, like average technology. So that was why I wasn't confused. I mean, I don't, I don't pretend to know everything about who the scrolls were or anything like that, but I, I was able to keep up with it. But again, I had seen the guardians movies a couple of times so that okay. it helped in my mind. So that, that would probably be why you didn't quite get it. And just, just to clarify, I need to say this before assumptions are made. I did not dislike this movie because of what it stands for with female right, right, right. That's not. I am talking. not saying no, that in the slightest. Said. I am very for that. Right. I'm just saying that this movie made no well, sense to me. Right. I was just going <laughs> to say, based on what you shared during our Force Awakens pod, you were saying the worst part about that movie was that this was the first time we were getting a female protagonist. Yeah. In, yeah. in the and canon for Star Wars. That's true. So I think what I hear you saying is you would have liked this movie earlier previously in the timeline of things versus, you know, we're watching it chronologically, not in release order. So you would want right. it to have been released sooner. Maybe and like maybe the plot be a little different okay. so you can keep yes. up, but, your, like so, but your problem is not with Captain movie. Marvel. Yeah. No, your no. problem is with Captain Marvel, the movie, not the character. I would have want this released earlier in our human timeline, but later in the MCU. Our human time. What? <laughs> I would have wanted this later. What do you mean later? Like when? So help us out here, because uh, what are we like saying? Because this, this started what 90s? early two thousands is when these started coming out, right? Two thousand eight was Iron Man. Yeah. So in my mind, that's early two thousands, I guess. But I probably would have maybe not too much later, maybe before the first Avengers movie and after Thor. Um, she was hey. supposed. Oh, I forgot to tell you. She was supposed to be at in the end credit of um, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Oh man! Um, but they swapped her out because they didn't feel that that was. Uh, I forget what they said. I think they said they didn't feel that that was a good enough reveal right. for her because, like, it was when um, Cap and Natasha are standing over like uh, Rhodey and Sam and Scarlet Witch and he's like, all right, Avengers. And he's about to say assemble and it, and it cuts. She was supposed to be there too, as in she was going to be part of the new Avengers. Um, So I would have, if I would have put her in earlier, I would have put her in, in phase two. I wouldn't have put her in the original few movies because like she wasn't in the first Avengers movie. And if she did, it would have been roll credits too early kind of thing. Yep. Um, Facts. So I would have needed an origin story, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely confusing. Like I know I watched this with my mom and dad the second time. I watched it in theaters um with friends like the first time and then mm-hmm. watched rewatch it with my parents. And my parents are not up on the MCU. Um, so I thought it kind of similar, it being more of a standalone film that they could appreciate it for what it was. And my mom was super lost, and my dad would literally ask questions and I would pause the movie and I'd be like, okay, so from what I can remember, because I'm, I'm not as up on the MCU as I am star Wars and other things and Harry Potter and you know, whatever. So I was like, okay, so from what I remember this, and then I would like Google it and I'd be like, okay, well the test racks here because whatever, you know, so trying to spoon feed them information as well. So I get what you're saying, Wyatt. I, I can appreciate what you said, but to say it's the worst movie in the MCU, I cannot forgive. 
now, now that we're doing a rewatch of all this 20 plus, he just glossed shows, over that. He's so just like, cool. anyway, no, 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 no. Alyssa's mad. It's nothing uh-uh. new. So, oh, okay. I think I know what he's going to say. Go ahead. No, no, I, you probably do know. So since we're doing a rewatch of everything, I will m- most likely change my mind. But as of where I am right now and my knowledge of the MCU, this is where I'm standing. Uh-huh. It was far from my favorite movie. It was, uh, for the humor-wise, it was one of my favorite movies. I like her character a lot, but I, I, the movie does, it, it, it's, uh, it's not my favorite. It's not my least favorite, but it's, it's so not up there. What I'm hearing Wyatt say is he likes Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 more than Captain Marvel. At this current moment, yes. Oh, my God! <laughs> when we get to, you know, middle of June. We, we did it, Andrew. Guardians, you son of a biatch. We did it. Air 5. Air 5. <laughs> Maybe I might change my mind, and there's a high chance of it, but this Chris movie's Pratt, fresh Chris because Pratt, we Chris just Chris watched Pratt, it. Chris Pratt. By the way, I now have my assistant manager and Adam sending me Chris Pratt. Yes, every day. Oh, that's right. Uh, Adam asked me to do that. I have to do that. Please don't. I already told him I would. You're going to make me a liar? I mean, he told me two months ago. Blocked, blocked, blocked. Blocked, doubt it. Anyway. Good luck with your podcast without us, fool. (laughs) My podcast. Moving on to our final segment and one of our most fun segments is Alter Egos. So if you're just jumping into this movie with Captain Marvel, first of all, what are you thinking? Go back and listen to Captain America. (laughs) Secondly, this is where we assign each other characters based on who we think they are. For my pick, I'm going to go with Andrew first. So my my pick for Andrew is Agent Coulson. Yes. (laughs) I pick Agent Coulson for him in my eyes. He's not the first to react in a crowd that he doesn't know. He analyzes the field before making the play. Mm. Now, Andrew, if you're in a crowd that you know, you are very verbal. You mm. are loud. You, We know you're there. But if you're in a smaller crowd of people you might have just met that same day or don't really know that well, you're more reserved. Absolutely. And that's, mm. that's the kind of feels I get from Adrian Colson. Obviously, Nick Fury is kind of the center of attention in that in that realm mm. and agent Coulson's just kind of fallen at this point in this movie at least right Alyssa I picked Maria Rambo Ooh, you. I mm. like that so obviously she is the other pilot who flew um, I started with meant- her quote yes you, you did. did and that was supposed to be my final quote but you took it so I'm not going to use that for the end oops it's all <laughs> right um so, Alyssa, you mentioned in the character in, uh, in Captain America pod that you love people for who they are in, in the inside versus mm-hmm. their appearances. Yeah. Mm. I get that kind of vibe from her. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially when she's reconnecting with Carol. And, she's helping you know, her remember who she is and yeah, all that. And yeah. It, it doesn't doesn't matter, you know, who who she was, but who she is now. And that's kind of the, the, the vibe. Because, Alyssa, you... You might disconnect from somebody for a little bit, but as soon as you're back together, it's like nothing ever happened. Yeah, that's so true. I really appreciate you saying that. That's awesome. That's high praise. And who do you think you are, Wyatt? Who do I think I am? Who do I, or who do I think I want to be? Uh, okay, well, uh, one each. Well, I want obviously I want to be Nick Fury. And how? Because who doesn't? 
Hmm. Um, who do I think I am? I don't know. <laughs> so you could probably be Phil Coulson for the for the same reasons that I I could because um, the whole like we know like you talk you know as much as me obviously but when you know people you do engage with them and if not like you said kind of about me which was high praise you're more strategic right. you analyze the room first you're a very observant person and and something Alyssa has told me multiple times I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah, so I see that. I definitely I'm, see that. I'm reserved unless I'm in a crowd that I know then. Like and like me back. in a topic that you're passionate oh, and excited to talk gosh. about. Like uh, Alyssa's witnessed this at our Thanksgiving gatherings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I forget on a topic that I'm well-versed in. Um, Andrew, I had oh, Talos. <gasps> That's Ooh. who I picked for me. Oh, did you? I had was, picked it was Coulson. A it was a mix. Between and then and I was like, well, who else do I have to choose from? And I was like, ooh, it's kind of hard because like I would say Colson, but maybe not for this movie because we don't really get a lot of, of him. Right. And I don't think it's like his shining moment. You know what I mean? It's not like his best performance. It was kind of fan service to have him there, which I for appreciate sure. the heck out right. of. Right, absolutely. Like it was, I got really excited when he came on the screen. But um, I think like, Talos, there are some similarities there for you. Um, wicked smart. He's wicked smart and just like very much um, a strategist, but obviously like having to put in effort. It's, I don't, I wouldn't say it's something that either of you are naturally skilled at. Um, I think it definitely takes effort, but it's something that, and I say that as a compliment, you know what I mean? Right. Like you have to put, it's not something that you're going to be like, okay, so here's the plan we're going to go attack these people and do this thing and blah, blah, blah. Doesn't mean you're not smart. It just means mm -hmm. you have to put in effort. You know what I mean? To like s devote the time and think about what your next move is going to be. Right. Um, and a constant fountain of ideas. Like every time you come to us with an idea, you're like, here's this idea. I'm going to go do it. And then two weeks later, you're like, I had another idea and this now I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? So you're constantly like, strategizing and thinking of things. So I think I love that's doing really research. cool. Yeah, I see that. Um, and then the other part is um, just like helping people like Talos, his driver, he is just like a all around, like just good character and wants to help his, his kind, his people and would really do anything for his family. So I think that's definitely you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, for Wyatt, I guess you'll be satisfied. I had Nick Fury. Yeah. <laughs> I said the sassy founder of the Avengers, like the sassy <laughs> founder of our podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's how I would categorize you at least. And super yeah. loyal, like Nick Fury stayed with the Avengers over 15 years and Wyatt's been working for the same company for over 10 years. So I'm like, for there's some long. synergy there. Um, and like we were saying, he just has really good comedic timing. He's really funny. Like, I think Nick is definitely more, um, extroverted, like we were saying, and like more talkative, but like, I think from your personality, Wyatt, like when you say something funny, it's like, you're not expecting it. You know what I mean? Cause like, <laughs> you're not the person that's like constantly quipping and like coming out and saying things you're kind of more the reserved person that's like observing what's going on in the conversation and contributing here and there and asking questions and whatever. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, that's what she said. And we all lose it. So 
that's what I had. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah. And for me, I definitely kind of, like I've already said, definitely resonate, uh, resonate, excuse me, really resonate very well with Carol and Captain Marvel and just like her attitude of she can do anything that a guy does or better than a guy does, you know, um, being a pilot and all of that stuff, I think was just really cool to see that and just see her get back up when she falls down. Agreed. Agreed. I agree with that. Um, yeah, that's that's who I had for you for a lot of those reasons. Yeah. Um, also, her her confidence, um, even when she didn't know who she was, her her tone at all times was confidence. Mm-hmm. Even when she was in the process of emotionally figuring out, oh, I am in fact from here, still a tone of confidence the whole time. Um, and that's how I see you. Um, nice. So for Wyatt. Um, I had, uh, Nick Fury for sure. Oh, um, yes. So. <laughs> I feel so validated. He's like, I got promoted. Um, three, for three. <laughs> three for three on Nick Fury. Yeah. How about yes. that? That's pretty uh, cool. And then for myself, I had, uh, Talos. And one of the reasons is when he shows up at, uh, the Rambo's home and he's like, see, I came to you guys as I am no deception. And I'm like, okay, what about out there where his assistant is like, disguised as, as Bob as, or whatever as no as mama Rambo when she was oh, outside oh, with the right, daughter. right and he was like okay you know granted you you, you got me on that one <laughs> like just like the way he, <laughs> the way he just was like okay you know what we, we may have gotten off to a bad mm-hmm. start here oh my he's like but if we sit down and we just talk about it I promise you'll feel a lot better just I, I thought he was like very you. funny yeah that I, like I thought you. he was very funny and I thought it was my kind of humor Um, it is i agree very good well guys i'm not gonna fight you your war but i'm gonna end this podcast oh and unfortunately that's all we have time for tonight for episode two of our marvel rewatch join us next week where we start with the very first marvel film that was filmed and released iron man thanks for tuning in to this week's episode in the meantime, check us out on Instagram as at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Ask the Avengers. This is Spectre Radio signing off. <laughs>